No one goes into OT to become rich, right? I mean, of course, there's careers and fields out there that when people pursue them, it's kind of known that they're going to be financially comfortable on some level to some extent. So maybe they aren't going into those professions to become rich necessarily, but they do know, okay, I'm going to make a good, a decent living. But is OT one of those professions? Do people look at our career and say to themselves, that's definitely a path that will lead me to where I want to be financially? Or even did you, listening, did you think that before becoming an OT, this profession, I'll definitely be able to, you know, make a good living, make the money that I want to make, and just, like I said, be financially comfortable? Is that something that you thought? I'll, of course, be giving my own very thorough (laughs) and slightly spicy opinion on that later. So today's episode was inspired truly by a lot of things, the recent Medicare cuts that will inevitably impact our pay because we know that insurance is a major reason there's so much pay stagnation in our field. It was also inspired by the kind of recent boom of OT entrepreneurship and OTs just helping other OTs start their own businesses and the ongoing conversation across social media channels, I mean Facebook, Instagram, about how as a whole so many of us as OTs aren't particularly satisfied with our pay. And lastly, this episode was inspired by how we just found out that OT was actually named number four in best healthcare jobs. So just to name a few of the things that we're going to be talking about in this episode. So I'm going to be giving you my candid, no fluff, brutally honest opinion on all of these things. But of course, I'll never leave you on a negative note. So we're also going to be chatting about some of the ways that you can get rich in OT. And of course you can't see me, but I'm using air quotes because we know that rich is subjective. But really what I mean is the ways that you can maximize your earning potential in this career and ultimately how our profession can be associated with financial prosperity. I don't know if that's the right word, but my dream is for us to become one of the professions that people pursue knowing that they'll be financially comfortable, not struggling. So sit tight and let's let's get into this one. I'm excited. They say money makes the world go round, but when it comes to navigating the financial side of adulting, they kind of left us hanging. If you've ever caught yourself saying, why the heck didn't we learn any of this in school? Then friend, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Miracle Money Podcast, a space dedicated to having the real, open, and honest conversations about money and finance that we never had in school, but we should have. I'm your host, Amira Kondali. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist turned personal finance enthusiast, and I'm here to help you manage your money with less stress, more joy, and a whole lot of confidence. Let's jump in. All right, before I jump too far into this episode, I just want to take a moment to catch up and do a couple of life updates because I I love listening to podcasts and in the podcast that I like to listen to, I notice that a lot of times they'll do, you know, what's going on, what's new. And so I just love that. So I kind of want to start doing that before. I know typically I'm just like, all right, let's dive into it. So let's just chat a little bit about life and what's new over here in the Condoli headquarters. So if you don't know, if you don't follow me on Instagram, I have a baby and he just turned one two weeks ago. So I am 
one year into motherhood and it's so exciting. And he is, oh gosh, he is just growing and doing all the things. And it's so fun to just watch him from, of course, like a typical first time mom perspective, but also as an OT perspective, now that he is really getting into more of his gross motor milestones, some speech development, he has started taking independent steps, not consistently yet, but he has taken a few steps on his own and he can now say the word dog. And it's just, the most exciting thing. And so I've just thoroughly been enjoying watching him, you know, get into more of like the toddler. I mean, I love the newborn stage. And, you know, people are, people feel differently. I personally really did like the newborn stage. I feel like I had an excuse to just be a couch potato and I loved it. And I just snuggled on the couch with my baby. So I loved the newborn stage. Was it hard? Absolutely. Is, you know, are the toddler years going to be hard? Absolutely. But, you know, it's, it's a different kind of hard. And so I am just thoroughly enjoying where we're at in this season of life and in motherhood and you know I'm still kind of working on the balance between doing the things that I'm passionate about for example you know I wanted to get this episode recorded forever ago and I just truthfully I didn't have really the mental capacity to do it I mean my mind is just being pulled in so many different directions and by the end of the evening when I can usually record I am so wiped I just want to sit on the couch and watch reality tv which speaking of my favorite show right now is Dubai Bling so after this I'm gonna go watch my episode of Dubai Bling and it's gonna be a good time so anyways uh yeah my baby has turned one he is finally like sleeping through the night which I felt like I would never sleep again so this has been great. I just laid him down for bed and I've got some time to myself. So, you know, I always love to hear from you listening what's new with you. So if you haven't already, follow me on Instagram at marvelousmiracles.ot. Definitely do that. Check it out in the show notes if you need my link and just, you know, send me a message. Say that you've been listening to the show and you got some updates for me. I would love to hear it. Would love to cheer you on, support you in whatever is new in your life. So I think that's all of my major updates. I mean, we had a first birthday party and um, I was not going to do much for it. And then I was like, you know what? I kind of want to celebrate this first year of motherhood with my family, my friends. And so we had a party and it was such a good time. It was so fun. So fun. But that being said, shout out to all of you, all of you who have planned full-blown weddings because I mean, I only had to do like four things for this party and it was a lot. (laughs) So my husband and I, we eloped. And so we didn't plan a full-blown wedding. And so we were laughing as we were planning this first birthday party. And we were like, yeah, planning a wedding would have been so stressful, but all right, I'm rambling. So let me bring us back into today's episode, which is, inspired by so many different things that is happening that are happening within our community particularly some things that have happened this month that I want to talk about and you know I was in the car with my husband Mozzie and a lot of what I talk about the content really comes out of conversations that we've had together and so I had mentioned to him I was like oh my gosh I was reading the article as we found out about the Medicare cuts and I was like can you believe this and he was like well you know, no one really goes into OT to become rich. And I was like, whoa, what did you say? I was like, wait a minute, let's unpack that. And so we had this deep conversation about it. And I was very curious why, you know, he said that and did I believe that? And so it it was a really cool conversation to have with him. And I was like, I got to turn that into a podcast episode. So we are going to jump right into it because I want to respect your time. And I know that I have rambled for the past like five minutes about random life stuff. But like I said, I I feel like my podcast family is my, is a very special place. And so I'm excited to just, I don't know, lean more, more into this space than like, um, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. So if you are new here, if you're just listening, welcome, welcome, happy to have you. So let's talk about OT 
and money, our profession, all the things. The first thing I'll say is that I didn't get into OT to become rich, but I didn't get into it to struggle either. And if I'm being candid, I think I have to pause here and really talk about how different I feel like my financial situation is being married versus if I was single. And I think if I was single, I would be in a heck of a lot worse financial situation, just being super candid, like a heavy emphasis on struggle (laughs) because the amount that I was making, although it was, you know, a, a good amount, I still had these massive student loan payments. So just thinking about the the income, the salary range that I was working with combined with student loan payments, combined with just rising inflation and like life being so much more expensive, I really feel like at some point it would have like come to a head and I probably would have been very overwhelmed and feeling like the struggle was real. And I want to say that because I think that there's a lot of OTs, not even I think, I know because I've had a conversation with OTs who feel like that, who are feeling like I am struggling. Like this is hard. I am barely making ends meet. And I think that I would have definitely been approaching that space if I wasn't married. And, you know, I recognize that as an OT, I am in a slightly better position as far as, you know, I mean, we all have our struggles, but financially not like super, super struggling. I'm trying to like (laughs) describe it the best way I can. You know, we're very conscious of our spending and our budget and things like that. But I do recognize that by being married to someone who did pursue a higher earning career, you know, we have more freedom and more flexibility than if I was on my own. And I think my life would look really different if I were on my own. And so that's something that Mazi and I, you know, talked about because again, being super candid about this birthday party that we threw, it was, I mean, it was a kind of a splurge. It was kind of a splurge. I'm not going to lie. Um, I mean, balloons, food, like the, the little things that we had for the party, even though it wasn't like a lot, it was still, you know, a couple hundred dollars here and there and that adds up. Right. And so would I have been able to throw a party like that if I was working and it was, you know, just my income? Probably not. Like I probably wouldn't have had the freedom and the flexibility in my budget to be able to do that. And so I just feel like it's important to always be candid in this space and transparent and just, you know, again, talking about, I didn't go into OT to become rich, but I didn't become, I didn't go into it to struggle either. My husband on the opposite end, he went into a profession that he knew he would be financially comfortable and not have to worry too much about money. Of course, we all have our money worries and things like that. And we're very conscious, but he's in a different position based on his career field. And so, like I said, I think it's just important to like emphasize that and going into this conversation and talking about going into OT and what kind of money, you know, you expected to make and what kind of, of life, of lifestyle that that can afford you to have. Hopefully that made sense. It made sense in my head when I was outlining this, but I, I think, I feel like you pick up what I'm putting down. So anyways, (laughs) moving on. So the first thing I want to talk about is the fact that OT was ranked number four in best healthcare jobs. And I will, of course, be linking everything that I chat about in today's episode, but this was from US News and it was number 19 in 100 best jobs, but in number four in best healthcare jobs. And my initial reaction, <laughs> it was shock. <laughs> it was shock because, you know, it was kind of like, how did they determine that, right? I mean, I, I love OT and OTs love OT, but we also know that our profession is very 
undervalued and, you know, it's not widely respected in the healthcare community by a lot of other, you know, fields that are within, you know, the healthcare, uh, just in general space. And, you know, we constantly are struggling to make people understand how great we are in it, which is exhausting. I'm not going to lie. It's very, very exhausting to constantly be having to advocate for your profession that you love so much. And so to me, it was a shocker because I was like, wait, how are we ranked so high and nobody still knows what we do or like it's not as respected as it should be and we have to fight to get into the places that we deserve to be in and I so it was definitely a mixture of of excitement right I mean at least we're being recognized but it was definitely a lot of shock and just kind of I don't know. I was very intrigued by like how they how they rated it. And so I looked into a little bit more and it was based on salary, uh, job market, future growth, stress, work-life balance. Flexibility was also rated really high, which I can a thousand percent agree with. I think, you know, the, the work-life balance, things like that, stress, that's of course subjective. But I think those, um, I don't know, like the salary was shocking because yeah, it was the median, not the average, but like still either way, the, sh- the salary was, I think it was, let me pull it up next to me. I think it was like 93,000 was the median salary. And, you know, I just feel like a lot of OTs do not make that. And it's not just me because I have had conversations about this with other people and I'm like, did you agree with this? And they're like, absolutely not. So <laughs> it's not just me that was shocked to see this that we were ranked so highly and if you haven't already read the article i'll tell you the top 10 so in order from number one to number 10 so number one was np nurse practitioner pa physician assistant slp ot veterinarian uh crna which is ironically what my husband is he's a nurse anesthetist so he was uh number six so i joked with him i was like ha, <laughs> ot ranked higher than crna and he just started laughing but um and then number seven or was, was that? Yeah. Seven was uh, physical therapy and then oral maxillofacial surgeon, psychiatrist and RN. So um, it was super interesting just to see kind of like who fell before us, who came after us. And, you know, you can read the whole list. Um, but it was definitely interesting. I mean, as far as like the job growth, like, yeah, the, the jobs are there. Absolutely. But is the money is the compensation. And I have to argue that it's not, you know, largely again, because of the cuts to insurance and, and being so limited, which I'll talk about in a second, but that was my overall reaction. <laughs> I, like I said, I was shocked. Um, and I was of course browsing through like the Facebook groups to see what other people had to say about this. And it was so interesting because people were making comments about, yeah, our job, uh, the future growth is really high, right? They're saying that we're going to have all of these job openings, but you also have to look at the fact that a lot of people are leaving the field. Now, I I would never on this podcast sit here and just be like, just leave OT because I don't necessarily think that's the answer for everyone. For some people, yes, it, it might be the answer, very well might be the answer, and that's fine. Do what you got to do. But I will say there's a lot of ways to make OT into a career that you love. And I'll talk about that too at the end. But, you know, with people leaving the field And then I just feel like sometimes we don't always know why the people left. And, you know, the new graduates who are interested in OT, they're not really hearing the real. They don't know why people are leaving the field or even that people are leaving the field. And so it's kind of like people were saying, is this why the outlook is higher? Because, yeah, there's so many openings because people are leaving the field. And I don't know if there's a correlation between that. I'm I'm just, you know, speculating. But I do feel like... The fact that we were ranked so high, the the overall consensus I, I feel is really that excitement combined with 
shock (laughs) and kind of like, wait, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? And so that is, I don't know. That's, that's the first thing I want to talk about. That's, that is my hot take on, on this. Do I feel like we deserve that ranking? Absolutely. I do think OT can, okay. I think that OT has the potential to be one of the absolute greatest healthcare jobs there is. I a thousand percent stand by that. But as we are right now, I don't necessarily feel like we, I don't know, I'm being careful in my words because I am always careful. I don't know. I I just feel like we have the potential, but we're not quite there. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know. That's, That's how I feel about us being ranked so highly. And like I said, going back to the topic of the episode, do we go into OT to become rich? No, we don't. We go into it because we want to help people and we want to be creative and we want to work within healthcare, but still have a better balance and have a a better flexibility. And so I think all of those things are true, but it's also like, I don't think that just because all of those things are true, like we don't, we also don't want to struggle, you know? So (laughs) that is how, that's how I feel. That's the first thing that I wanted to talk about. And so all the things I talk about, I would love to hear your opinions. So like I said, shoot me a DM or email me and let me know what you think. What do you think about OT being ranked number four in best healthcare jobs? I want to hear, I want to hear your thoughts. Now, my second hot take (laughs) is on the Medicare cuts. And the article came out, I want to say about a week ago now from AOTA, and it was, you know, titled Congress Fails to Stop Payment Cuts for Occupational Therapy. And I saw this and I literally just sighed. (laughs) I was like, come on. My reaction to this was definitely not shock. I wasn't shocked by any means. Um, It was more disappointment. It was more frustration. It was more of, uh, see, this is why people feel the way they feel. Um, But it wasn't, I, I wasn't at all shocked to hear this. You know, I feel like we have been advocating so much. And I think I read that like 5,000 letters on this issue have been sent to Capitol Hill. And despite this, though, like the cuts still went into effect. And so that's really frustrating because it's like people are always like, OK, well, we have to advocate more. And it's like, well, we are like we're we're really trying, but it feels like there's only but so much you can do. Right. And so I don't know. My reaction to this, like I said, was disappointment and frustration, but not necessarily shock. And so if you haven't already read the article that came out, the statement about this, again, I'll link it. But essentially, overall payment rates for outpatient OT services were reduced by an estimated 3.1% compared to the 2023 payments. And so when you have, if you are a student listening to this, you might not quite understand what this means. If you're a practicing clinician, you probably already know, and you're probably rolling your eyes right along with me because this is trash. <laughs> but if you're a student, you don't know. So when re- that, that's a, a major way that a lot of us are paid is through insurance, right? And so, yeah, you can have private pay options. And a lot of people go into private practice for that reason, because you're able to earn a little bit more if you aren't taking insurance. Again, that's something that, that is really nuanced and depends on your business and, and all the things. And so anyways, when reimbursement, though, gets cut like this, this is a large reason why our salaries remain stagnant. But even worse, and for me, the hill that, you know, that I will always be on is about negotiation and new grads. This makes it so difficult because if payments are being cut, if reimbursement is being cut, it makes it a lot harder for us to go then and ask for more money because where are these, you know, outpatient clinics and stuff going to get that money from if their reimbursement is being cut? And so it's super frustrating because 
for me, you know, a large thing that I'm passionate about is new grads learning how to negotiate and learning the art and the skill of negotiation. And this makes it harder. It makes it so, so much harder. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, well, what can we do? I mean, yes, keep advocating, right? But if you want some tangible things that you can do right now, you can actually, if you go to that link that I'm going to put in the show notes, you can write to Congress asking them to prevent the Medicare cuts. So AOTA has a lot more information on this with their Legislative Action Center, which I'm really happy that they've put together. And so they have a template you can, you know, obviously customize and like do your own thing, or you can use their template and then that only takes a couple minutes. And so it's just, you know, every every voice matters when it, when it comes to stuff like that. And so that's definitely one thing that you can do literally right now as you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, you can also, you know, seek ways to get involved with your local and state organizations and advocacy efforts. And so learning more about what that looks like, really where you are, or of course, with our professional organization. And that is... Uh, you know, people feel certain ways about supporting our organization and I'm not here to tell you one way or the other. I am just saying, do your research, (laughs) get involved, do what you can and, you know, try to support that, um, that all the organization, local state, our professional body is, is trying, right? We're all trying, like nobody wants to see our, (laughs) our salaries being cut and our salaries being so stagnant. And so do what you can, whatever that looks like for you, whatever you're comfortable with. But that is, uh, that's my hot take for Medicare cuts. And like I said, not shocked, just thoroughly disappointed and thoroughly frustrated. Uh, I feel like it and annoyed. I'm just like, come on, really? Like, why? <laughs> I feel like that's, that was kind of the attitude I had as I was reading this. And I was just like, I'm just so tired of this and having to fight. And again, it goes back to seeing the value and the respect. And so going again to the the topic for this do we go into ot to become rich well if we have to think about insurance and the fact that it keeps getting cut and you know reimbursement is is lower in certain areas like you know you go in knowing that then i would hope that you would know well you know there's a chance that i might not be as financially comfortable as i want to be just based on the pot that these places have to pull from to pay me and so i think that's just something to something to consider like i said i am not here to tell you one way or the other in terms of pursuing ot but i think these are things to really be aware of if you are looking to pursue a profession where you will feel financially comfortable understanding that insurance plays a massive role in that if you are going to be working in a setting that that's how you paid that's how you are paid and so again I'll talk about this in a little bit of some ways that you can maximize your income but I think that you know if you want to practice in the traditional sense and you want to practice in a place that accepts insurance and that's how you're paid it's super important to be just aware of these things and like I said they're frustrating they're disappointing but um, it's, it's a reality right now and so do what you can to get on board with your advocacy efforts wherever you are and yeah, I don't really have much more for this one because I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the answers. I wish I wish that I did. So with all of that being said, I mean, I didn't say too much, but <laughs> I feel like I, I'm trying to synthesize because honestly, I could talk about each one of these things for an entire episode and I'm trying to just synthesize my thoughts and, and get it out there as concise and clear as possible. So with thinking about, you know, going into OT, do we go into OT to become rich or financially comfortable, but thinking about Medicare cuts and, you know, the respect and the value that is placed in our our profession, all of these topics are constantly swirling around 
in the social media realm. So whether it's Instagram, Facebook are the two that I mostly see, but I don't know, maybe it's on YouTube and TikTok. I'm not in those places, so I don't know. But I constantly am seeing discussions about being unhappy with with our pay and really the state of OT right now and which I, I kind of feel like I want to do a guest episode on the state of OT and bring in somebody and we can talk about what we think. So I am um, I don't know maybe that'll be like our next guest episode. We'll see. But you know the discussions about being unhappy with the pay I think is really connected to what I'm seeing as a, a big surge and boom of OT entrepreneurship which I think is great. Let me preface it by saying all my OT entrepreneur friends, I love what you're doing. <laughs> I love the space that you're creating for us. There's so many out there. I'll try to put in the show notes some of the ones that come to mind, but um, you know, there's a lot of OTs who are helping other OTs start businesses. And I think that's wonderful. And I think that a large reason is because of how unhappy people are really with their pay, with their pay, with productivity standards, with the balance, with the being uh, respected and valued in your workplace. I think all of that is leading OTs to be like, you know what? I love OT, but I don't like how I'm practicing it right now. And so I I love to see it. I really love to see it. That being said, I, I think it's really difficult because it's kind of like one of those things where you go into healthcare thinking that your job's going to just kind of be black and white, right? Like you go work somewhere you get paid to do the job and that's that. Like you're not really going into it thinking, okay, I have to start a business versus let's say you are, okay, super generic, but let's say you're a business major. You know that like you are going into an area where you got to kind of find the job and get into business and there's more, there's more like steps, right? Versus when you go into, you know, nursing, being a doctor, like you go to the school, you graduate and then you work. Like there's not a bunch of steps in between. And so I think the part for me that's hard is that so many new grads and students are going into this profession under the assumption that that's how it's going to go is you get the job, you start working only to graduate, start the job and then realize, okay, if I actually want to enjoy what I'm doing and be paid well for it, I have to pursue entrepreneurship. And that is way easier said than done like it is hard work to start a business and so that's just I don't know that's that's my whole thing with uh pursuing entrepreneurship and for other OTs telling other OTs to get into entrepreneurship I think yeah it sounds great but like there's so many logistics there's so many legal things there's so many financial things like you have to have a good wrap on your personal finances before you can have a good wrap on your business finances right and so there's a lot that comes with jumping into entrepreneurship especially as a new graduate when you're just trying to wrap your head around being a new graduate like that's hard so I'm not saying entrepreneurship isn't the way to go but I do think that like I said, it's way easier said than done. And I think that the new graduates coming out, I think that they have to, I don't know, just be more informed of what are some other options as they kind of get their footing in the OT space. So I I don't know. That, that's just, that's my personal take on entrepreneurship and, you know, starting your own business, whether it's physical products, uh, online private practice, like I think those are beautiful ways to create the the career really of your dreams within OT. But I also think that for new graduates, it, you have to be realistic. And some people just don't want to start a business. They just don't want to run a business. And that's okay. Because like I said, there's a lot that comes with starting a business, a business that is profitable, that is sustainable, like that is efficient, that has systems in place, like anyone can go start a business. But to start a good business, a well thought out business, that's hard. 
It is hard. And so I, like I said, I just think that it's hard because you go into this profession thinking that, okay, I'm, I'm going to get a job at a clinic or a hospital. And then you learn, oh, I actually have to start a business. Like that should be talked about more. And then if you want to still pursue OT, knowing that you'll have to likely go into entrepreneurship to make the pay that you want to feel financially comfortable, then, you know, you're, you're making a more well-informed decision. And so I want to leave off with chatting about some other ways that you can maximize your income aside from entrepreneurship. Because again, I think that there's an emphasis placed on that, but for everyone that's not realistic and maybe it's not even desirable. And so the best ways to maximize your income as a new grad or, I mean, as a seasoned clinician is of course, you know, job negotiation, which I don't know that I have a dedicated episode to that, but I need to. So I got that on the on the docket, but I do have so many resources on negotiation. So I'll definitely leave those in the show notes. Um, Good time, I guess, to share that I actually have a new resource in the works. It should be out within the next few days. I don't know. By the time this comes out, it might be out. The Ultimate Negotiation Script. And so if you are one of those people who are like, I'm ready to negotiate, but I don't know what the heck to say, this is the resource for you. It was highly, highly requested. It's actually a part of my full-blown blueprint course program, whatever you want to call it. But (laughs) I am taking just that resource out and allowing you to get your hands on it. So it comes with all of the word-for-word scripts and um, email templates and everything everything that you need in order to negotiate so many different scenarios. If they catch you off guard, if they call you, they ask you in person, if you want to, you know, negotiate using another job offer, like any scenario you can think of, I have thought of and put it in this ultimate negotiation script. So I'll put that in the show notes. It, like I said, it should be ready. And yeah, I don't know where I was going. Mom brain is so real. So I went off on that tangent and then I couldn't remember what I was saying, but now I remember (laughs) it is ways to maximize your income. So job negotiation, asking for a raise, which is also included in that script. If you're ready to ask for a raise, it has all of the different, uh, everything you need to ask for a raise (laughs) in there. And then also like travel therapy is a really good option. I'm planning to have a few guests on the podcast to talk more about travel therapy. And I think what's interesting is that who knows, we could see like an increase in travel therapy because of, like I said, people are, you know, leaving, leaving the field, doing something else, doing non-traditional work. And so if there's job shortages, then we might even see an increase in travel therapy. So I think that's a really, really good um, idea if you're interested in. There's also the option to be an independent contractor, which allows you to keep more of the money that you make if you have a excellent CPA. (laughs) Uh, So that's also a really good option. And so there's definitely ways that you can maximize your income. I have definitely talked about this in a previous podcast episode. I think it was making six figures as a new grad OT. So I will put that in the show notes. But there there are so many different ways that you can make more money. And now I'm not saying get rich, but I mean, hey, maybe rich is rich is subjective. So maybe you think that it is becoming rich. So there are definitely ways to increase your income within this uh, profession. There's also options to use your clinical skills in more of a non-traditional way. And so, you know, leaving direct patient care and I mean, I don't know, things that I've seen on like the Facebook groups, people are are working for like home modification companies, uh, patient access authorization type things, work from home options. Um, the maternal mental wellness space is really big. So a birth doula, a postpartum doula, um, a clinical liaison, liaison, and then of course academia is also an option, and so um, that's a big op- option as well. So if you don't maybe want to have that direct patient care, but you're looking for um, other things to do, I think I mean I don't know 
exactly the numbers on academia, but I do think still it is a way that you can do something else, whether it's on the side or whether it's, you know, full-time what you want to do. I think those are some good ways to just look at, um, you know, ways to just increase your income or using your skills in a non-traditional way so that you just enjoy what you do, right? I mean, that's that's the whole goal. We, we got into this profession. We don't necessarily want to leave the profession. We just want to enjoy, I don't know, we just want to enjoy what we do, right? All right, friend, that episode was a lot. I feel like I just had so much to get off my chest <laughs> and it wouldn't fit in a simple post. And I think I shared before that this year, I probably won't be doing a ton of posting on Instagram. That mo- The majority of what I post now is my baby <laughs> and being a mom and uh, my podcast episode. So when a new episode comes out, I usually do a post. And so I knew that I had to just record a full episode on this because I was like, I have so much to say and I don't want to try to fit it into a post. And so yeah, but anyways, I said it earlier and I'm going to say it again because I think it's important to validate that this is an okay thing to say and to feel. So Like I said, I didn't go into OT to become rich, but I also didn't go into it to struggle financially. You know, I am a firm believer that you can love what you do and you can feel like it's your life's calling, your purpose, your mission, truly the thing that God placed you on this earth to do. And you can get paid well to do it. I just don't feel like we have to accept being financially unsatisfied in our profession. So I really hope that this episode inspired you to maybe just take those first few steps in living a life where you're more financially comfortable within OT, like whatever that looks like for you, whether it's going into entrepreneurship, starting your own practice, moving to maybe find a higher paying position somewhere else or starting travel therapy, whatever it is and whatever that looks like for you, this episode was really meant to just give you the encouragement. And like I said, I think just the validation that if you're not content right now, it's okay. And not only is it okay, you're not the only one. (laughs) There are a lot of OTs who are not content. I am, you know... I may have been exactly where you are now myself if I hadn't decided to step back and uh, become a stay-at-home mama. Like, who knows? I I probably would have been right along with you. (laughs) So it's okay to not feel content where you are and it's okay to take charge and to change your situation. I think that's, that's really the beauty. That is the beauty in OT is that you truly can mold it and shape it into whatever you want it to look like. So friend, go do just that. Make OT work for you. Make the money that you want to make, work where you want to work, and let's just let's just enjoy this profession. Let's let's figure out how you can truly enjoy what you do while being paid well to do it. Hey friend, before you go, there's a few things I want to remind you about. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you heard, please take a few moments to leave a review. They seriously make my heart happy. Lastly, don't forget to check the show notes for additional resources, links, and maybe even some freebies. All right, that's all I've got. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'll catch you in the next one. And as always, don't forget to make it a marvelous day.